1: Tag team in this month. And so um, we'll try to have her on her best behavior. So we'll see what we're going to (laughs) do. Open your Bibles, please, to Genesis chapter number two. Um, I've said this time and time again. We'll begin at verse number 18 in just a moment. I've said this time and time again, one of the most important things I've heard from the Lord in terms of him whispering to me in my times of devotion is this. He said, son, everything that you need is in a relationship, including your salvation, everything that you need. So just think about it. You are one relationship away from the next level in your life. You are one relationship away from that next place of development in your life. You are one relationship away from that key information that you need that would tweak your life so that it it won't even resemble anything that you've gone through, but it'll go from glory to glory and faith to faith somebody is able to use their influence on your behalf to bring about favor in your life like you've never seen it before, and you are one relationship away from that happening. So wouldn't it be just like the enemy to work at keeping us in toxic, unproductive relationships? to keep us not being good relationally. And so we want to take time and explore some of the principles that we'll see in the Genesis passage in just a moment.
2: When you were talking about that, I thought about how even the world knows this. Um, There have been several studies that have been done, and one of them talks about the fact that 90% of all people who fail in their vocation fail because they can't get along with people. 90% of those who fail at their vocation, it's because they can't get along with people. The Stanford Institute did, a, a, did some research not too long ago, and they said that 12.5% of a person's success in the marketplace has to do with their skill, their knowledge. The other 87.5% has to do with how well they get along with people. And the truth of the matter is, the world has been gauging our ability to get along with people since we were children. I know it might be a long trip, but think back to when you were in kindergarten. The very first assessment that you and I received in school had to do with our relationships. We weren't graded on whether we knew numbers or colors. We were graded on one thing: plays well with others. <laughs> so relationships play a huge part in our in our success in life vocationally and spiritually. Right.
1: In Genesis chapter number two, we're going to begin reading at verse number 18. It says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to all the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. The rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woe man. And he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of the man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. One of the the first thing I want to point out is this, in terms of relationships, is we have to recognize that we need each other. Come on, say we need each other.
2: We need each other.
1: I want you to think about it. Here is in Genesis, the Genesis account of creation. Everything up until this point, when God looked back over it, when he did his review session, when God was doing his SWOT analysis, he said, Good. Yes. Good it's good. And then in one case he said, very good. But here in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 is the first time that God said something was not good. And what he spoke of, he said, it is not good for man to be alone.
2: Yeah. I'm always challenged by that passage because sometimes we misread it and we think that uh, what he is saying is that it's not good. The man wasn't good. There was nothing wrong with the man, but the man's condition, even though he was in the place of God, with God, and with everything that God had made, what was, it, what was the issue is that at that point, he was solitary. He was all one. That alone is literally just all all one, solitary, by himself. And God says, that's not my best. I don't know about you, but sometimes I have to watch myself because if I'm not careful, I can retreat and be solitary and be all one. Sometimes our pride keeps us from other people. But we are not An island. We cannot, you know, we say things like, I don't need nobody but Jesus. Not exactly. Not exactly. We, though he is everything to the Christian, we still need other people. We need one another. And that's the area that the enemy will fight us in to dwarf us.
1: I read this. Listen to this. It says, we can live only in relationships. We need each other. A rather crude and cruel experiment was carried out by Emperor Frederick, who ruled the Roman Empire in the 13th century. He wanted to know what man's original language was, Hebrew, Greek, or Latin. He decided to isolate a few infants from the sound of human voice. He reasoned that They would eventually speak their natural tongue, the natural tongue of man. Wet nurses who were sworn to absolute silence were obtained. And though it was difficult for them, they abided by the rule. The infants never heard a word, not a sound from a human voice. Within several months, they all were dead. We need each Each other. other we need people. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 says this, two people are better than one. The New Living Translation says, for they can help each other succeed. That's right. Amen. Now, that another scripture, Proverbs eighteen and one says, "A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment." It's amazing how much sense you make by yourself.
2: Right? Come on now.
1: Anybody know what I'm talking about? And then you got in the presence of somebody else, and they said, "You
2: don't th- make a lick of sense."
1: Listen to the new living, uh, tra- I mean, uh, message. the message.
2: It says, loners who care only for themselves spit on the common ground. And this is one of the areas that the enemy really tries to work on us in, separating us from people. And now, of course, you know, we know how to do all this. You know, we know how to do it. Uh, can I just tell the truth? You know, let me show you how it plays out in, in, with the saints. We come, to, we come to church, and we pray that nobody touches us during the greeting time. I thought we were going to tell the truth. We're like, I don't want to be bothered with nobody. I just want to come and get the word. And get be, my praise on. Get my praise. Well, we ain't going to do too much of that. But, you know, and then I'm, I'm out. Before the benediction... We're running to the car because we say things like, I don't want anybody to know my business. I don't, want people, I don't want people in my business. But let me tell you, just like you said, when difficulty comes in our lives, when we isolate ourselves, all we have is our own thoughts and our own view on the situation. That's why God said it's not good for us to be alone. You go
1: away by yourself. I just need to think some things through. The danger is you by yourself with your thoughts. And you haven't had any external input. And you wonder why you keep coming to some crazy conclusions. <laughs> but anyway, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> so we need to recognize that we need each other. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. I think there's another principle that we can pull out of the text, and all, and that is this. We have to understand that there is no substitute for human relationship. There's no substitute for human relationship. Now, in, in context, of course, we see that in, in Genesis, what happens is that God creates everything. He, he makes this man. He forms this man in the garden, and then he lets everything walk by God the man, and the man has, Adam has the opportunity now to name everything. Mm -hmm. I love the way um, Apostle Scales says it. You know, he says, he walked by and he said, that's a cat, dog, cow. You know, he names everything. He has dominion. But But the issue is he has access to everything, but nothing is like him. He can identify, thank you, Lord, he has the opportunity to identify everything, but nothing can identify with him. And so I love it because generally when we talk about this, Pastor, we'll say, now, that's because we got to understand that, you know, we, you know, you love your dog or you love your cat. Trixie, was that your dog? Yep. That
1: was actually that was my sister's dog, but yeah, that was it.
2: Yeah, and y'all were little. Y'all, y'all talked about Trixie went to church, and yeah, Trixie went to church. And they talking
1: about, oh, my dog was saved and full of the Holy Ghost. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Trixie would stay after church anyway. But
2: Trixie. She didn't come in the church. Trixie was faithful. Trixie went to church. But the truth of the matter is, Trixie can't be your best friend. Right. You need somebody who's like you. Neither can your dog, (laughs) your cat,
1: your goldfish, your boa constrictor, whatever it is that you have. A boa constrictor can't be your best friend. And, and, and one of the things that we have to understand is this. There's no substitute for human relationships. Let's fast forward to the oh, 21st come century. On. A lot of times, here we go, here we go. We think that we have friends because we have friended them on the face of face The Facebook. But I want you to understand let something happen to you and see how many of your friends show up to help you. There's no substitute. And we're not bashing social media or anything like that. Nothing's wrong with that. But hear me there is something about being able
2: to interact with somebody. You know what? Two things came in my mind. I hope I can hold both of them. One is I'm not bashing social media or anything of that nature. But what we have to admit is in our technologically savvy world now, what it has done is it has compromised our ability to relate to one another because we don't have conversations face to face i'll give you something very simple if you write somebody an email con- uh, communication is only 5% words that means 95% of the message is not being conveyed so now all they have are words now they're left to figure out what did you mean by those words so if there's an issue that's going on i mean and we try and we taking it out into uh, on twitter Mm. I'm just saying, And and we're having it out on Twitter, there's never an opportunity for us to come and reason together. So, now what we do is we, we communicate all our feelings by way of social media, but we never take the time to actually deal with one another to be able to work through whatever relational issues we may have.
1: And we just simply say, I'm going to unfriend you. Right.
2: And? Right. Okay. Right. And that's it. We don't work out our issues. We just block people. The other thing was that um, while we were while we were tuned in, Elder T said something, and, I, and you may not have paid any attention to it. She was saying. something happened, and she said, this is the, oh, during the greeting time, and she was talking about how she was blessed by watching everybody greeting one another, and she said something along the lines of, not that there's anything wrong with streaming or anything like that, but streaming audience, I will say to you, there's a time when you need to be in the house. You need to be where you can relate to other people. I thank God for media, because we can, We can reach people. I heard um, Stephen, my son is the host today, but uh, anyway, but he was saying somebody was streaming from California. I'm so glad that we can reach beyond the four walls, beyond the state, beyond the nation, and go even to the nations. But it never takes the place of that kind of community that we have, because not only do we need one another, but there's no substitute for human relationship. Yeah.
1: When God caused us to, he caused Adam to have a human relationship, he made somebody, he used the word comparable. Oh, yeah. He used the word comparable. He made somebody that really can stand face to face, with him.
2: Somebody that fit him.
1: Yes. yeah.
2: Somebody that fit him. And in all of our relationships, we should be looking for people that fit us. And fit doesn't necessarily mean that they're just like us, because that's the whole reason she fit. Because she wasn't him.
1: Another principle that we see... (laughs) Uh from this word (laughs) from the word (laughs) that's the truth though Uh, I
2: wasn't trying to say anything I was just saying what I was saying but then I thought about it after I said it and it was really really right yeah Uh, let me let me just say
1: this let me say this the enemy (laughs)
2: Are y'all all 'all all right? (laughs) You should never give us seats. (laughs)
1: The enemy is not a creator.
2: That's true. He only
1: counterfeits. That's
2: so true. That's so true. He
1: doesn't create. He counterfeits. That's right. And so what I want to challenge you with is this. Make sure that you don't be sad don't become satisfied with the substitute.
2: Mm. Oh that's good. <clears throat>
1: because when you look at relationships, even what you were mm-hmm. speaking of, what is it that you really need? Right. What is it that God has created? God, listen to me, he is not an unjust God. He wouldn't be unfair to, to, to put a longing in your heart for relationships and then cause you to work out relationships in a substitute situation. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. So you begin asking, what must the genuine feel like? What yeah. must it be like? If the enemy counterfeits, even even from a, just a friendship standpoint. Right. You, anybody, you ever seen heard talk about fake friends? You know what I'm talking about? Right. I need people that are genuine. Give That's me the right. real yeah. thing, please. Yeah, Look at somebody said, say, please don't, please don't be fake.
2: Please don't be fake. Please don't be fake. You know, <coughs> excuse me, and really even back to that point of being different, sometimes We shy away from um, those certain human relationships because they are different, Mm -hmm. because they really are different from us. And that was where I was trying to go with that, because many times we only want to hang out with people who like what we like, go where we go, do what we do, look like we look. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. And sometimes your best relationships are with those people that will tell you that your breath stinks. (laughs) Sometimes it's those, the best relationships for us are those people who will speak the truth in love who will help us, like you were saying, with our own thinking, and who will say, I hear what you're saying. However, that doesn't line up with the word. Let me
1: tell you this. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. I've told you all this before, and it's, it's about this lady oh, here. Oh, gosh. Let um, me sit back. People, people that tell you the truth. Uh, oh, we were, yeah.
2: uh, don't tell that.
1: I got the mic. Yeah. Um, so... So I was, you know, before yes. we got married, I was dating this other girl, and I really thought we were going to get married, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was it didn't last.
2: Right, right.
1: But we were friends. Yeah, we were friends, and she said best to friends. best friends. And she said to me, I, "You know, I was broken hearted. I never let a girl get in my heart. You know what I'm saying? Just anyway, mm-hmm. but this one did. God was preparing me. So in, enough of that." So I come to her, and, and I tell her, she's like, what's going on? I guess my countenance must have been saddened that day. You were just uh,
2: acting funky.
1: And, and I, and I said, about. you know, I was like, I broke up, you know. Um, and she said to me, she said, you've grown up naturally. You've grown up spiritually, but you are an emotional midget.
2: Elvis has left the building.
1: That's what she said to me. I
2: did, I did.
1: I did, I did. So you gotta listen to me. But when it we're talking, that's what human relationships can do. Right. Now that brings me to the third one. We must be brought to a place of rest in order to receive someone new in our lives. Yes. Let me say it again. We must be brought to a place of rest. Say rest. 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 In order to receive someone new in our lives. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Say more about that. Scripture says in Genesis 2.21, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. When he talks about a deep sleep, it's almost like a trance-like state that God put made Adam uh, sent Adam into. And he, of course, we know he pulled the woman from the man and all that he formed her. But what I'm getting at is this. A lot of times we aren't at a place of rest. And so it's difficult to receive new people. What happens is if your life is chaotic, frantic, everything around you is, is you know, it's just a mess, it's difficult. Next to impossible to receive new people. Every relationship requires space and time. And so when we're talking about this, you got to understand, do you have the capacity right now to receive somebody new in your life? have you gotten to that place of rest
2: when you know when you were saying that i was thinking about the fact that you know we say you've got to enter into god's rest in order mm-hmm. to receive somebody into your life somebody new into your life sometimes it's it is really not even just that your life is chaotic as much as you haven't come to a place of peace and wholeness within yourself you know what I mean? You can be the most organized person in the world. You can be borderline OCD and still not be at peace. So a lot of times, I know um, Wednesday night, the first night of the marriage session, um, when Will and Tanya Tanya were talking, that there were things, they talked about trauma and things that happened in our childhood, for instance, that we don't realize they, that those things have marred us in some way. And we just go on. It's almost like you get over it. You got to function. You grow up. And, you know, we tell, like we tell boys, you know, little boy, the boys don't cry. You just suck it up. Get over it. But the reality is we didn't get over it in our soul.
1: We become functionally dysfunctional.
2: Functionally dysfunctional. And we have not received the rest of God in that area of our lives. And so now my dysfunction hooks up with his dysfunction and we got a dysfunctional home. Or my dysfunction hooks up with Joy's dysfunction and we have a dysfunctional friendship. So it's really important to get to the place where we allow the, the God to put us in a place of rest. Absolutely. You know, to bring us to a place of wholeness. Dr. Miles Monroe said this years ago. He said, an omelet is only good as the eggs that you use. And one bad egg can ruin the entire omelet.
1: Don't be the bad egg. Don't
2: be the bad egg. But but really, you know, so, and I think in that case, he was talking about marriage, but that's the truth in any relationship. When we haven't allowed God to bring us to a place of rest in our own lives, to bring us to a place of peace and wholeness in our own lives, we're not really best prepared to receive anybody else. One of
1: the things that... um We talked about even before we got married. Remember, you used to talk about contentment.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, I do. Um, You want me to say something? Of course. I didn't (laughs) bring it up. I don't know. I thought you were just having an epiphany or something. (laughs) But, yeah, I, um, before we married, um, I, I knew that. There was, we got to this season where I kind of had a feeling that God was preparing me to get married, uh, but I didn't know, you know, to whom or anything like that. And, and you know how the Lord, everybody has a different way that God, they really hear God well. For me, it's through the word. He really speaks to me through the word. And so uh, the passage where Paul says, you know, that he'd been abound, he'd, he'd abounded and been abased, and there's a phrase he said, but in everything I have been therein, I, I found myself to be content. And so the Lord really spoke to me about that and uh, in that and kind of put me in a place to say, I'm content in my singleness at this point. Now, it didn't mean I didn't want to get married. But I was content where I was. I was satisfied with who God was in my life, who he, was making, who he had made me, and who he was making me. I was fine. I'm going along, and a dear friend of mine comes to me one day. And she said, the Lord showed me that so-and-so is your husband. It wasn't him. Now... I got this thought in my head. I was like, really? No, God, that's not who, you know. Can I be really honest? I was like, Lord, he's short. (laughs) And he was just not, he was not, he was, he was. (laughs) You okay, Alfie? (laughs) But, you know, I mean, so many things he was, he was this pastor. No, 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 no. no. Listen, this is important. I'm am I helping anybody right here? Thank you. So you brought it up. So I didn't mean to tell that. No, no, no. But this is critical because what happened was then I found myself in this place of agitation. Now I'm wondering, is it him? And, you know, I was having an event and I was concerned because he was supposed to come to the event. And, oh, God, and is it him? And, okay, okay well, I'm, I'm willing to do whatever you say, Lord. I'm submitted to you. That's not who I would have chosen, but, you know. And I realized... So I was really kind of becoming frantic. And one day in my quiet time, the spirit of God spoke to me. And he said, you have left the place of contentment. Notice, nobody pulled me out of it. I left. I let somebody else's prophecy pull me or make, I let somebody else's prophecy make me leave the place that I had been living in in contentment and I had to repent to the Lord and, the, and as soon, I'm kidding y'all not, as soon as I repented and got my heart right and got my hips back to the place of contentment, ta-la. <laughs> a model
1: <laughs> Sharika am I doing it okay right. Yeah. so we've got to make sure that we're at that place of rest. rest this is what I think is very interesting you mentioned it earlier the book of Hebrews says it like this it's a strange scripture we labor yes. to,
2: enter
1: to enter into, into his rest, his rest. Yes. it takes work, work to get to a place of rest
2: it's work
1: Here's the fourth and final thing. So far we said that we recognize that we need each other, Mm -hmm. understand that there's no substitute for human relationships. We must be brought to a place of rest in order to receive someone new in our lives. And here we go. Here's the fourth one. Let God make the person before you bring them into your life. Let me say it again. Say it again, Johnson. Say it again, Johnson. Let God make the person before you bring them into your life, before you put your door on welcome hinges. (laughs) All right? Let God make the person. It says in Genesis 22, the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he also made, he made, he made, he made into the man, and he brought her he, I'm sorry, he made into a woman. He Thank did you. not you know. make
2: it into a man.
1: Thank you for that correction. Made know. into a woman, and he brought her to the man. He brought her to the man.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. One of the things you pointed out, that God formed
2: <laughs> yes. the man. That's
1: right. When he talks about form, and you know, he, he literally got the man from the dust of the ground, breathed into the man. But when he got to the woman, it didn't say he formed her, he built her. He made her. He literally made her. And the word means he built her. Wow. So women, you're built.
2: Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: And I as a man am thankful. <laughs> but he 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 built you. But who, who, Ooh,
2: I'm so sorry. In this case here, he crafted her specifically for him and for his assignment.
1: Yeah. That's it. You said yes, that. Yes, right.
2: that's it. Now, now, understand.
1: Even not just not just a marriage relationship, but any relationship. Let God make the person before you invite them in. This is what I want to point out. Sometimes people are in the midst of character construction. Yes, And we invite them in in an embryonic state. And as a result, we trust them. We over trust too early. You let them have this, that, and the other. Then you come crying, I need somebody to pray for me. Why? Because they swindled me. Mm-hmm. It, may, it may have been the right person. But it may not have been the right time because God hasn't made them yet. We're all going from glory to glory and faith to faith. We're all on a daily basis becoming more and more like Christ. I get that. But please let somebody have some honesty in their lives, some integrity in their lives, some truthfulness in their lives. Those quality things, those character qualities. qualities that are essential to healthy relationships let God make them
2: you know you went earlier when I said she was crafted for him and for his purpose and that's true in any relationship because even in our friendships even in our business relationships God's purpose the kingdom purpose is always at work in a believer you do know that right It's more than just when we come to church. So when God is building relationships in our lives, he's always building those relationships with an eye toward your purpose and your destiny. See, some of our friends are not moving us toward our destiny. We ask our son because we have an adult son. And oftentimes I will ask myself and I will ask him, when you are with that person, are you more like Christ or less like Christ? Because if you're not more like Christ, then they weren't made for you. You see what I mean? So it's not just in the, in the marital relationship. It's in any relationship. I've got to ask myself, have I given God the opportunity to make this person? Because every person in my life is in my life for a purpose. They may not all be in my life forever, but even for a short duration, every relationship is for a purpose. They should be making something in us that is creating more of the Christ-like character.
1: And don't think that, don't get in a relationship thinking, I can change them.
2: Oh, God. No.
1: Thou shall not. You cannot. That's not your responsibility. I'm going to change them. And some of you, you say, I'm going to save them.
2: You might want to do that on the mission field. Come on now.
1: So let let God make them. Let God begin to work in their lives. If listen, this is what I say. If somebody's advertising, believe them. Yeah. If you let me give you an example. If you see him, I'm gonna turn this Walmart out.
2: Yes. Trust. The Walmart
1: what they're advertising. <laughs> if they're going to turn Walmart out, they're going to turn your house out. They're going to turn your job out. They're going to turn your business out.
2: Absolutely.
1: You Tell the story when we talked about uh we, we were at dinner with the person.
2: Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. We were at dinner with, um this happened more than one time, unfortunately, but we were at dinner with somebody and I was taking note of the fact that the person was nitpicky. Everything was wrong. Everything, everything had to go back, and and the person was very rude to the the server. But it was just that whole that nit, you know you haven't met people that are just nitpicky. Every everything was just the ice is too cold.
1: I'm, you know, right? Yeah,
2: me. you know, things that are unreasonable. I, i'm I mean we've all sent meals back I'm not talking about that, but I'm just talking about this constant nitpicking and I had had meals with the person on more than one occasion. but then I noticed something sometime later they got into a relationship, and that relationship ended up dissolving and When we were talking about it, I realized the issue was the same. it had nothing to do with the relationship with the with uh the food it had to do with the fact that the person wasn't where they should be and because they were not where they should be they attracted somebody who wasn't ready yet and the and the whole relationship ended up dissolving and so it is really critical that we have to let people let god make people before we bring them into our lives and part of the making um i want i'll say this um Oh, I can't call his name right now, but we have we have a pastor friend who says we have to make sure that people have current credibility. Jerry Fryer, Pastor Jerry Fryer says it. You have to make sure that people have current credibility, because sometimes we walk with people for a while and we maybe you don't see them for a while or you've not been in dealing with them for a while. And then you pick up and you think thinking you're picking up where you left off but you didn't pay it you don't know what happened between the last time you were in relationship and now and so it's very important to make sure that they have current credibility what is their character like now and ultimately as i said before in that whole point make sure that when these, when anybody is in your life ask yourself am i more like christ as a result of this relationship and if i'm not i need to ask myself what should i be doing with this relationship all right was this helpful today good
0: We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services once again. Thank you for receiving the Living Word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.